Wonderful. Okay, uh, let me pray for us before we consider further this whole issue of hurry sickness and slowness. Heavenly Father, we do indeed pray that you would speak to us through your word. And as we reflect on also the wisdom of others, uh, and we reflect on our own lives, we would see what is a healthier way uh, to move forward, and not to be under the tyranny of suffering from hurry sickness, uh, but uh, in the midst of busy lives to have a slower inner pace, uh, which enables us to flourish as your people particularly in the, the health of our souls as we continue to track with Jesus through this life. Amen. So uh, the big questions that we're chewing over are these by way of reminder. Uh, how do we stay spiritually healthy in the midst of busy demanding lives and indeed ministries? Uh, how do we avoid our souls becoming dry and God seeming distant? We've seen that the big danger is what we're calling hurry sickness, and the challenge is to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. So as apprentices of Jesus, uh, we are asking, what does it mean for us to take on the yoke of Jesus and to be discipled by him? We are seeking to learn from Jesus, uh, not just by what he taught, but also by how he lived. So consequently, we are asking, uh, what practices did Jesus adopt that provided healthy structure to his life? And what were his soul habits that we also should adopt in our own lives? Now, this is what we've seen thus far. Uh, Jesus carved out time in his busy schedule uh, for solitude and silence, and so was, must we. Uh, we've also seen that Jesus practiced the Sabbath as part of his regular weekly rhythm, and so should we. So today, uh, we're going to pick up on another aspect of Jesus's life. It's what we're going to call slowness. Now, slowness gets a bit of a negative press in our fast-paced modern society. If you say to someone that they are slow, uh, they are generally not going to respond with warmth and affection towards you. The inference is that they are in some way mentally deficient. But we are talking of slowness here in a positive sense. And Jesus was the master of calm slowness. Although Jesus was busy, uh, he would never allow himself to be hurried or to be rushed. Uh, we get a glimpse of his resistance to being hurried with the instance of Jairus in Mark chapter 5 that was read to us. Jairus's daughter is so sick that she is close to death, and so Jairus comes to Jesus desperately seeking his help. Now, if you've ever had a seriously sick loved one, and you've been trying to get them urgently required medical help, you will know something of the stress and the anxiety Jairus would have been experiencing at that point. Uh, his desperation is palpable. Uh, listen to, again to verse 22. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Well, it's not hard to imagine 
Jairus's mixture of emotions when Jesus agrees, at both relief, but also frustration. The crowd is so dense and progress is so slow at verse 24. So Jesus went with him, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And then on top of all that, uh, Jesus takes the time to minister to this poor woman who suffered from perpetual bleeding. Uh, in faith, uh, she secretly touches his garments and is healed. And yet Jesus is not content to allow her to slip away. Uh, he calls her forward and he commends her faith and he grants her his blessing of shalom. Verse 34. He said to her, a daughter. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You see, amidst all the urgency of Jairus's situation, Jesus still takes the time to minister to this woman's heart. And it turns out that Jairus wasn't exaggerating about the seriousness of his daughter's condition. And news does arrive that she has indeed passed away. But Jesus is not perturbed. And Jesus now focuses on Jairus and he ministers to his traumatized heart. Verse 36. Don't be afraid, Jairus. Just believe. And Jairus does believe. And Jesus raises his daughter back to life. So you see, Jesus was often busy, but Jesus was never hurried. Jesus was always present in the moment. He gave people his full attention. Our lives in the 21st century continue at an unrelenting pace. In the 1960s, it was assumed that with technological development, there would be a progressive reduction in the number of hours we would need to work each week. It was suggested that the big challenge would be what we're going to do with all our leisure time. Well, 60 years later, history does not seem to have played out as expected. That technology has not given us a slower, more leisurely existence, has it? Instead, it has actually intensified the pace of our lives. That many people's lives are now blighted by what is called a digital distraction. And this is especially the case for millennials, but it's not limited to millennials. Uh, with the advent of the iPhone and portable devices and internet connectivity, there are rarely moments in our day when our minds are not bombarded with information. It may be social media. It may be work-related communications. It may be the global news. And as a result, uh, we are digitally distracted. So we've started by thinking about the reality of hurry sickness and indeed Jesus' practice of slowness. Let's now consider the cost of hurry sickness. Uh, why is hurry sickness a problem for us? Well, the point I would put to you is this. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Uh, hurry can destroy our souls. Hurry can keep us from living well and from growing spiritually. In our sermon series last year, ironically, during lockdown, uh, we spent time thinking about what it looks like to be growing in the fruit of the Spirit. 
uh, through the process of spiritual formation, the character of God is actually cultivated within us. And yet what will hobble that growth process? Well, you guessed it, hurry. As I read Galatians 5 verse 23 again, uh, consider how each aspect of the fruit is actually incompatible with hurry. Galatians 5 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's zero in on the first three, particularly uh, love, joy, and peace. Uh, firstly, hurry damages love. Just think about it. Love and hurry, they're not compatible. When we are hurried and harried, we are snarly and snappy. Uh, hurry lies behind much of the anger and frustration of modern life. Uh, to love people well is painfully time-consuming. Ask any parent or ask any lover. Uh, some writers have coined the phrase uh, what is called sunset fatigue. Uh, sunset fatigue is where we come home at the end of the day's work, but we're too tired or we're too drained to love those whom we have made the deepest promises to. So you see, love and hurry are incompatible. Uh, secondly, uh, hurry quenches joy. Uh, joy and hurry are incompatible. Uh, it's widely accepted that a key ingredient of happiness and joy is presence in the moment. Uh, the more present we are to the now, the more joy we tap into. And yet when we are hurrying, we don't have time to be present in the moment. Uh, thirdly, uh, hurry dispels peace. Uh, peace is also incompatible with hurry. Uh, when we are rushing and in a hurry, that inner sense of calm and well-being is nowhere to be seen. Uh, that deep shalom of the soul is the last thing that we experience. Uh, fourthly and finally, and by way of a more general comment, uh, hurry fosters superficiality. Uh, the danger of being hurried people is that we become shallow people. Uh, it's been said that depth always comes slowly. Spiritual formation does not happen in the fast lane of life. So uh, how do we know if we are suffering from hurry sickness? Uh, let's now move on to think about the signs of hurry sickness. Uh, some of the following symptoms have been suggested, and I like these. In the supermarket, we move from one checkout line to another because it looks shorter or faster. Guilty as charged. Uh, at traffic lights, we count the cars in front of us and get in the lane that is the shortest or get out of the lane that has the slow-moving truck. Wow, that's really got my number. Another symptom, uh, we multitask to the point where we have forgotten one of the tasks. Uh, to supplement this, uh, John Mark Comer would add the following symptoms to hurry sickness. He's got a great section on this in his chapter. Uh, irritab irritability. Uh, we get 
way too easily annoyed or frustrated with people, especially those closest to us. Uh, hypersensitivity. Uh, minor things escalate into more major things. Uh, restlessness. We find it difficult to slow down and to relax. Uh, we are hyped up, if you like, on the drug of speed. Uh, workaholism or non-stop activity. Uh, we just don't know when to stop. Emotional numbness. We struggle to feel the pain of others or indeed our own pain. Out of order priorities. We get sucked into the tyranny of the urgent whilst neglecting what's truly important. Uh, lack of care for our body. Uh, we don't get sufficient sleep. Uh, we don't get exercise or eat healthily. Uh, escapist behaviours. We are too tired to do what is life-giving to our souls. And so we turn our distract to our distractions of choice, uh, to overeating, uh, to alcohol, to pornography, to binge-watching of Netflix, to social media. Here's another. Uh, slippage of spiritual disciplines. Uh, because we are over busy, we starve our soul. Our devotional life withers. Uh, we ne neglect devotional times. We neglect taking time to Sabbath and having periods of solitude and silence. Here's the last one. Uh, isolation. We feel disconnected. Uh, disconnected from God, disconnected from others, and disconnected from our own soul. So what if we see the signs that we suffer from hurry sickness? Uh, what is the solution? How can we counter it? And so we move on to a fourth and final point, which is the cultivating of slowness. The spiritual discipline is what we're calling slowing or slowness. And I've got a, a definition of it from John Altberg on the screen. Slowing involves cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. As we slow down, we become more attentive. We become more attentive to God. We become more attentive to the people around us and to the world around us. And we become more attentive to the voice of our own soul. Uh, the big idea to slowing is this. Again, I'll put it on the screen so we can also process it. As we slow down our body, so we slow down our mind and our soul so that we can be more attentive, so that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. So do you get that? We slow down our body. We actually slow down in the activities we're doing, but we're doing that so that we also achieve an inner slowing down. The outer slowing down leads to an inner slowing down of our minds and of our souls. The two are related. So in conclusion, I have some practical ideas as to what slowing may look like. Uh, firstly, uh, waiting for the green man at pedestrian crossings, uh, speaking personally. I do become very impatient at traffic like pedestrian crossings. When I see a gap in the traffic and if the, the man is still red, I have this overwhelming urge to zip across to save a bit of time. So for me, it has been a real growth area just to discipline myself 
to wait for the green man signal. And I confess that some days are better than others. Uh, secondly, uh, don't walk. Sorry, walk, don't drive. Uh, sometimes with a bit of planning and forethought, there are local trips that we could walk rather than drive. Uh, for me, I've applied this to when I take scripture lessons uh, in the local primary schools or when I go to the local shops. Uh, I've also applied this in trying to get out regularly to have a walk, which I'd encourage you to do if you're not in the habit of doing. Let's keep going. Uh, sometimes our impulses to hurry expresses itself in various ways in which we drive. So here's a few practical ideas in that area of life. Uh, keep to the speed limit. Uh, when we drive, yeah, keep to the speed limit. For some, uh, this is a revolutionary idea, especially if we are running late. If the sign says 50 kilometers an hour, then we should drive 50 kilometers an hour. But we don't drop below it, that's just annoying, but we keep to the speed limit. Uh, secondly, uh, in this section on driving, get in the slow lane and watch the scenery. Now, I do struggle with this one. I am always ducking and diving between lanes to minimize my travel time. Is it just me? Is it a legacy of my motorcycle currying past? I don't think so. It's this relentless drive for efficient use of time. But in so doing, I miss the joy of the journey. So on some tricks, I have tasked myself with taking it slower. And I try with varying degrees of success, I have to admit, to limit the extent to which I change lanes. Sometimes I try to stay on the inside lane and I use it as an opportunity to practice presence, to be attentive to God, to be attentive to those around me and to my own soul. Uh, here's another one uh, for driving. Obey the law of phone use whilst driving. Uh, hurry sickness can mean that we are tempted to illegally use our phone whilst driving. To pull over the car and to sort out the phone can be viewed as wasting valuable time. But that is what the law requires. And so if we need to access our phone whilst driving, uh, we should discipline ourselves to pull over and to stop the car and to sort it out. Uh, this is not just to avoid a hefty fine, but also to practice patience and slowness. Okay, let's move on from driving to more general areas of life. At standing in the longest line at the grocery store. Well, this one is a variation on the taking the inside lane whilst driving. Standing in the longest queue at the grocery store. Well, I do really struggle with this one, but when I manage it, I find that it does help me to slow down. It gives me a few minutes to, to pray, to take stock of life. And indeed, I can even pray for those around me. Here's another. Uh, set time and time limit for social media, or indeed just get off social media. Uh, for some of us, social media is a great thief of our time and our attention. Uh, social media intrudes into our lives and it feeds a heart of discontent. Uh, personally, I'm happy to remain relatively illiterate when it comes to social media. However, if you find that it has too strong a grip on your life, why not set certain times and time limits for your use of social media? Moving on from that and related to that, uh, 
another suggestion to what I'm calling to parent our phones. In a similar way, uh, our smartphones may burn up our time and fry our brains. Uh, some people find it healthy to put their phones, to, if you like, to bed at a certain point in the evening and to not turn them on again until after they have got up and had their quiet time. Uh, they may turn them off completely or just switch, switch them to flight mode. Here's another one. Uh, regularly take time alone for solitude and silence. This, of course, is building on what we've seen previously in our spiritual health series. Because one symptom of hurry sickness already mentioned is the slippage of our spiritual disciplines. And hence, ensuring that we take time for solitude and silence and the Sabbath is key. Uh, two final ones before I open up for comments and questions. Uh, taking up journaling. Uh, for some, uh, journaling is a healthy way of slowing down. When we journal, uh, we are writing down the thoughts and reflections of our mind. But in so doing, it forces us to slow down and to reflect and to process. And finally, uh, meditation. When we meditate as Christians, we start by slowing down and by emptying our minds of noise and chaos and anxiety. But of course, Christian meditation does not stop there. We also then fill our minds with scripture and we listen attentively for the Spirit's voice. And meditation deepens us as God's people. And I'll close with this uh, quote from Tim Keller. This is what he has to say about it. Persons who meditate become people of substance, who have thought things out and have deep convictions, who can explain difficult concepts in simple language, and who have good reason behind everything they do. Many people do not meditate. They skim everything, picking and choosing on impulse, having no thought out reasons for their behavior. Following whims, they live shallow lives. OK, 